0: Please find your way back to your seats and remain standing for the word of oh. Please find your way back to your seats and remain standing for the word of the Lord Today's reading is Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. King's questions. you are dismissed to the lobby to find your teachers. The rest of you may be seated.
1: All right, so up here with me is Alvin Sanders and he has graciously, yes. He so generously, graciously offered his time to come and preach to us. So Alvin, um, he's, he's the president and CEO of World Impact, which is, which is an organization that truly wants to empower leaders and pastors um, to be the shepherds of their community. Uh, and he's also been a denominational leader in the Evangelical Free Church, uh, but I've had the opportunity to speak a little bit with you, Alvin, and, and one of the things I'm so grateful for from even our limited time, is your desire to truly uh, be what God wants you to be, where He wants you to be? And I've been very appreciative of that in our conversation. So I'm really I'm excited for what Alvin's going to share. He's going to be sharing with us from the Lord's Prayer. And so I I'm going to pray, and in my prayer is that we would have the ears to hear what what God has to say through Alvin. In our pre-service prayer, we ask whoever's speaking, what do you what do you how can we support you in prayer? How do you want God to be working? He said, I just want I just want the spirit to work. Uh, and, and so that's what we're going to pray, that the spirit would, would work. So let's pray. God, thank you for Alvin. Thank you for his ministry. Thank you for his leadership. And thank you for the opportunity that we get to receive from him what you have. God, thank you for your word that is living and active. And thank you that you give us people and voices and experiences and stories that help to illuminate what it is you're saying for us now so help us to hear what you have help us to experience and encounter your presence through alvin god i pray that, that he would sense uh, your leading and your empowerment to speak boldly in whatever ways you have so God, we give this time to you knowing that your word never goes out void so we can trust that and what a gift that is in jesus name Amen. amen
2: Good morning, everyone. It is a privilege to be able to bring the word to you today. Um, Those of you who know the LaBarbera family, they're good friends of mine. Carl's my board chair. And thank you, um, the leaders of this church, for having me come share with you. A couple of things you should know. Number one, I'm much louder than Daniel. So you're going to probably get blown out today. Uh, Number two, I'm a child of the African-American church, and there's this thing called call and response. So, if you're not used to saying amen, today is your day. I I preach much better when I get amen. Yeah, I see y'all. Okay, we're with it today. Uh, But I come to you from World Impact. I serve as president and CEO of that ministry. Uh, World Impact empowers urban leaders and partners with local churches um, to reach their communities with the gospel. And instead of me standing up here and telling you what World Impact is about, and if you want to hear more about that, uh, I believe it's called Second Hour, we'll be hanging out in Second Hour, Uh, I'm just going to show this brief video that gives a testimony, it's about five minutes, of of one of the people in whom we serve and who we partner with, then I'm going to come up and we're going to unpack the Lord's Prayer together.
3: My first memory is being raped when I was three. The foster system placed me where they could. The worst abuse I received was a Christian home. And so that set me up on a whole journey for years and years of not being able to connect with the church because you people knew what was going on and you didn't save me. I ran away at 14 with gang members. My four children were taken at the age of 24 for neglect and danger. I was in a very dark place. I was not a nice woman. I was awful, is what it was. So I think the Lord saved my children from me. that woke me up and I was able to think. The mom and me came back to life. I, I fought and my daughter came back to me at 14. That changed my life very church where they did not protect us that was my first church i went back to the minister explained to me that's not god that's people that did that to you a lightning bolt and i was like you're right (laughs) and that's where god did that healing i didn't ever go back to that church but My church, as they saw the freedom and the healing and how my life opened up, they recognized the call to preach on my life. They sent me to World Impact. World Impact literally opened up my life. Mary Flynn was the Topeka leader, and she just took me under her wing. She showed me how to be a woman in leadership and be in these spaces without diminishing my culture, but also understanding the culture I was going in. Because of that training, I am a Topeka police chaplain, a humans relations commissioner, a precinct chairwoman, and I am a CTV pastor, so I got to plant a church, and this is all under the tutelage of World Impact. Abuse, all of my dysfunction, all of that was for a purpose. And that's my whole mission in life is to be a bridge, somehow hoping that it will help some other little girl that didn't get all the chances I have. Hopefully, she sees this and be like, I can have a purpose for my pain. thing I am doing for our community now is serving the most underserved, preparing them to go out to be productive citizens. The gangbanger, to the ex-convict, to the unwed mother, World Impact helps me to be able to do that. They trained me to be able to do that. I'm still in awe of that from the same program that I went through. I get to give that to them. World Impact is hope beyond hope. He has taken this abused transplant from Detroit, Michigan, put her in leadership in the community, put her in politics, then he's gonna do something else. I'm not ready. I am just, <laughs> just wanna hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My hope is just to keep holding on. <laughs>
2: The living embodiment of the Lord's Prayer. And before I begin to look and exegete that prayer, I'm going to spend some time with you setting up the context of the prayer. Spirituality isn't just a part of our lives, but it's the core of who we are and binds all life together. One of my favorite seminary professors used the hand as an illustration of the human experience. You have the physical, you have the mental, you have the emotional, you have the moral, and you have the social aspects of our lives. And you good Christian people are probably wondering, but where is the spiritual? Well, it's the palm. It's the palm. And it controls all of the other aspects of being human. And in this palm, in this fallen world that we live in, is where evil resides. And I don't think we really have a good understanding of what evil really is. See, we've we've been conditioned to think of evil like we think of it in the movies, right? Like Marvel, right? Many of you are familiar with Marvel. I've kind of left the Marvel universe. This is getting too confusing. Three Spider-Mans and all. It's like, all right, enough already. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done with the original series. And you remember the original, right? They had all these movies that led up to the evil character, Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet, and all he had to do was get a hold of five stones and snap his fingers, and he wiped out half of Earth's population. Stole that from the whole rapture narrative, didn't he not? (laughs) (laughs) But even after he snapped his fingers and did his evil, guess what? The Avengers could reverse, and if this spoiler alert, I'm just sorry for you. The Avengers, (laughs) could reverse that evil by going back in time. And of course, they reversed it and everything went well and we're all fine and dandy and we're good and we eat our popcorn and we go on home. Evil has been defeated. But evil is not that way. Evil is a real problem with spiritual roots and we cannot treat it that lightly. Despite daily evidence to the contrary, like a mass shooting in Buffalo, people continue to believe the world is fundamentally good. And it was in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. But then Genesis 3 happened, and it introduced evil into the world. Genesis 2, we see God's plan for unity in the Garden of Eden. Relationships were perfect between people and God, among people and themselves, and with the environment. The word blessed does not accurately describe what was going on. There is another word called shalom. Shalom is a Hebrew word that means all living things being in a state of completeness in every aspect of existence. So so go with me. I want you to do a little mental exercise. Think about every problem you can think of that you have. Then think about every problem that the people in your life have. Then think about every problem the city of Long Beach has. The state of California, the country of the United States of America. The global world, every single problem. And then imagine that a magic wand was waved and it all went away. I'm going to be honest, my mind can't even get there. I can't even think of a life with no problems. That, my friends, is shalom. And what Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden, it's much, much bigger than blessed. But then, in the familiar story of the fall in Genesis 3, it tells us the the whole shalom situation unraveled, kick-starting the dysfunctional mess on earth that we have today. Adam and Eve sinned. God questioned Adam. Adam blamed Eve. That's what we do. Men, it's your fault, woman. Right? Eve blamed the snake, and in doing so, Adam and Eve showed the first signs of human conflict and rebellion against God, a rebellion that continues to have far-reaching effects. The lack of shalom has brought about the willful disobedience of our of the human beings in the world. With their sin, God's original intent for humanity to live in unity was violated. Because of the fall, evil entered into the world, and justice was in place replaced by injustice. Confidence was replaced by doubt. Honesty was replaced by deception. Intimacy was replaced by shame. Fellowship was replaced by fear. Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 6 and 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly spiritual realms. Satan is not a cute Halloween character. Demons are more than sports mascots. The Bible says Satan stalks the earth like a roaring lion looking to devour people in 1 Peter 5 and 8. He has an army of demons to help accomplish this. This is not kid stuff. They are very real. Before us is a powerful enemy that humanity has in its crosshairs when somebody goes into a community and kills people in a supermarket just because they're black. That is spiritual. It's beyond just, oh, he's just a bad person. That is evil spiritual influence. Therefore, evil must be dealt with. All I have is good gospel news for you this morning Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know what those were? Evangelistic texts. Did you know that? If you got one of them good old Bibles, like I said, I grew up in a, in, a, in a black Baptist church and we were King James, right? Good old gospel Bible. it it say the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to John. It, gospel literally means good news. It's the good news according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Y'all you, you do know what good news is, right? I mean, there's news, right? The news is like somebody says, hey, you know what? Alvin, I'm going to help you with your mortgage this month. I'm going to just just pay the mortgage for you. That's nice news. Alvin, I'm gonna pay your house off. That's good news. (laughs) Y'all know the difference? When you have good news in you, you, you know, like my daughter, like I've been telling everybody, my daughter, who suffered from severe ADHD and is supposed to not be able to achieve academically, two Saturdays ago, graduated from Bowling Green State University, cum laude. That's good news. Yes, sir, that's the hand of God right there. Don't tell me what my God can't do. That's good news. That's, that's why I lose my mind when people say, well, I need an evangelism class. An evangelism class? You need a good news class? You need to learn how to tell people what God has done for you? Let me, that's a whole nother sermon. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me, let me calm down here and get, get back on point. But it's important to see that these are evangelistic texts. They were written with the assumption that whoever reads them will learn the story, of Christ to spread to others. Unfortunately, we have reduced these things too many times to a simple little formula God made the world, we are sinners, so God sent Jesus to save us from our sins. And, there, and there's nothing wrong with that creation, sin, and Jesus, and that's a wrap, that's nice, but it's incomplete. When we confess Jesus Christ, we are confessing the world-changing idea that Christ came to die for sins, defeat Satan, and destroy the devil's evil works, and to reestablish the reign of God in the earth. That's the work that Jesus did with his life, death, burial, and resurrection. Do you see the difference? The story of Jesus presents him as living a life of redemption, a life of creative, a life of creative restoration through sacrifice. Scripture presents redemption as both personal and societal. See the, see, the personal part, we all go, oh, yeah, 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 I get that. But then we start talking about societal, and that's where we kind of get hung up. The personal part, we call evangelism. The societal part, we call justice. And it's the craziest thing in the world that the church allows media and other types of things to define justice instead of letting the scriptures define what justice is. Evangelism is the transmission of the gospel message of the transformative power of believing in Christ, and it's our response on a personal level towards the challenges of evil— Justice is the genuine pursuit for both peace among and respect toward people and people groups, and it's our contribution to the common good of society. So let me just offend some of y'all right now. Are you talking about social justice or biblical justice? Stop it! Stop it! You're being taught from something outside of scriptures to try to equivocate something that the Bible does not. Because what type of justice is not social? If, if you're offended because I say social in front of it, then just, just drop the social. It's justice. It's what it is. It is what society needs for us to bring to it because we have to be about contributing to the common good. I am so glad that you are having the ABCD Institute. As a side note, by the way, asset-based community development is awesome. I did my master's work on that, as a side note. So I am happy to see you doing that. Okay, back to the main point. (laughs) What is the common good? It's the answer to two questions. Who do those who have your faith in Christ have in, what do, I should say, what do those who have put their faith in Christ have in common with those who have not? Okay? And then the second thing is, what can we do collectively to make the world a better place for them? That's why I love ABCD. There should be no tension between evangelism and justice within the body of Christ, as it's unnecessary to prioritize one over the other. The Bible clearly does not. Both are biblical and two sides of the same coin, proclaiming and demonstrating the work and witness of God. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, his last topic was evangelism. We call this the Great Commission. He told his followers to make disciples of all nations, and he said he would send the Holy Spirit to empower them to do so. In Matthew 28 and 19, and in Acts 1:8, when he ascended into heaven. This was not a suggestion, but a command with the expectation that their very existence depending upon the success of their efforts. They weren't to be afraid, as he authorized and empowered them to perform this task. To complete the God-ordained mission of the church, you can't have evangelism without justice. How can I go to somebody and say, God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life. And your community is going to hell, but I'm not going to do anything about it. How can I say God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? Oh, but you're hungry, but I'm not going to feed you. How, can, how, how, how does that happen? The world doesn't have a problem with the church. The world would love the idea of the church to happen. What I've found in my 30 years of ministry is that the world doesn't believe, the church believes in the church. They believe church believes in politicians more than they believe in their Bible. That's what the world is waiting upon. When many hear the word justice, they think payback. They think Law & Order, my favorite show, the original one, right? Right? Not SVU and all that, right? 600 channels of direct TV at my house, and all I watch is Law and Order. That's it. We think that that's the way justice is portrayed. They call that retributive justice, payback for what you did wrong. But did you know that the Bible talks more about restorative justice? The type of justice that puts things back in place the way they were supposed to be. The way that God made the world. This world is broken, and when we put broken pieces back together, that's the justice that the Bible focuses on. The Bible and justice, and you need to understand this, is always related to people and never to things. Justice and evangelism revolve around the fact that humans are made in God's image. Justice is the moral quality of God that we see heavily emphasized in Scripture. God is presented as the the author of the idea and is committed to its enforcement. It is one of his ways of relating to the peoples of the world. Now, I said all that to say this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, power, glory forever, because that's the way I was taught it. Got to put that in. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What if I told you that the prayer we have been praying all of our lives revolves around evangelism and justice? You are praying for both of those to enter into the world. It is no accident that the Lord's prayer is smack dab in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew 5 through 7 is the longest longest piece of instruction that we have from Jesus. The topic of the Sermon on the Mount and the focus of Jesus' ministry, by the way, is the ushering in of the kingdom of God. It is the central message of Jesus' preaching and teaching and his ministry. Central to the Lord's prayer is this little phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. To understand this prayer correctly, this phrase goes with each one of the requests made in the prayer. Really, the prayer should be read like this. Your name be hallowed on earth as it is in heaven. What does hallowed mean? It means to be set apart, to be made holy. The word holy means to be set apart, to be used by God. Be ye holy. Why? Because I am holy. God sets us apart to do the work of the ministry. So, the prayer is, God, set me apart to be holy, set me apart to do the work of the ministry, evangelism, and justice, and let me bring heaven here on earth. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We are citizens of another kingdom. We are ambassadors of reconciliation. Yes, we are citizens of the United States and citizens of the cities that we live in, but there's a higher citizenship that should supersede that citizenship, and that is citizenship in the kingdom of God. And that means half the people love you and half the people hate you. You are a literal bridge, and what happens, the bridges, they get walked on from both sides. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are saying, God, whatever it is that you will to happen in this space, let it be just like it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, do you think that the people of of Ukraine, where a few short months ago it was easy to get food, and now they have no food, do you think that they are praying Our bread, our daily bread, about what needs to happen. Do you know how many things that have to go right for us to be able to eat every day? We experience a little blip in the supply chain and we lose our minds. Where's my favorite chips? I have to wait five weeks for my favorite chips. That's called a first world problem. You don't need them anyway. Forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. Oh, on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, my goodness, this is a tough one. Live with peace with everyone around you, your family members, your neighbors, your boss, whoever it may be. Look to live in peace with them and forgive them when they harm you. Not if they harm you, when they harm you. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to be that old man, get off on my lawn type person. And I, you know, we, when you get older, you think everybody's soft, right? Just soft. You ain't been through things. <laughs> you just soft. And, and what I find is the church and Christians, we suffer from idealism. And I saw this study that the best generation that handled the, the pandemic is my generation, which is the generation nobody cares about, Generation X. They go boomers and then they millennials and everybody said, we just there. And they said about our generation, they said, we have, were grown up to overcome and adopt. I was a latchkey kid. At, at, you know, In middle school, I had responsibility to get off that bus, go pick up my little sister, get her and her friends home, get them their little snack, get them their lesson, get my lesson, get the trash out. Because once mom and dad hit the house, everything better be in order. I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. My kids are like, Father, we don't have a filter for the water. (laughs) Like, I grew them up soft, so it's our fault. So if you're going to blame the generation, they're so soft, look in the mirror. Lead us. Not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one on earth as it is in heaven. The devil goes around like a roaring lion trying to seek and destroy, and we must try to keep him at bay. This little phrase captures the passion of God, which is to bring the reality of heaven down here. To earth, that is the primary reason Jesus came from heaven, became a human being, and lived on this earth. What God wants us to pray for and demonstrate with our personal lives, as well as collectively as a church, is that everything that is happening in heaven, make it happen here on earth in heaven. There is no such thing as injustice. So make it here true on earth. Nobody starves in heaven. So make it true on earth. In heaven, there is no small. So make it true here on earth, in heaven. Nobody is sick, so make it true on earth. In heaven. Nobody gets raped. So make it true on earth in heaven. No kids are neglected. So make it true here on earth in heaven. Humanity is United. So make it true here on earth in heaven. There are no wars so men, it true here on earth that is the prayer that is the pleading that is that is what God has called us to do as a church you should pray the Lord's Prayer every stinking day I do because I know what it means and now you know what it means Now, here's the interesting thing about this prayer. If you you look at the original language, it's written as a command. God is saying, I want you to command me to do these things. Now, my father was 30 years in the military. So I'm a military brat. I understand what a command is. I also served six years in the service. And, and, and when you go through basic training and you're out serving and you're deployed and this, that, the other, when, when the general or the colonel or the squad leader, whoever it is, they train you that when a command is given, you apply, you go, you deploy, right? When they say, we're gonna go take this hill, you don't go, tsk, tsk, I beg to differ. <laughs> that, is, that is not the place to have a debate. Now, when they're making the plans, they may ask for the soldiers or give permission for them to speak freely, and you can go back and forth. But when you're in the middle of a war, that's not the place to raise your concerns. It's a time to deploy. So what God is saying, is it written as a command, is that you are deployed. Whether you know it or not, so these are the things that you're going to need in the war that you're in. Command me to do these things and watch out to what God is saying. Be bold in this prayer. Speak out. Speak life to situations with this prayer. God is the one in charge of this world. Only God can do what we are asking to have done in this prayer anyway. So command him to do it. Now listen, don't get this mixed up with the health, wealth, prosperity stuff. Nowhere in that prayer to say, God, give me a Cadillac on earth as it is in heaven. So don't get it twisted. But God says, these things, be rest assured, I want you to ask me for them, and I want you to command me to do these things. Because only God can bring his kingdom. Only God can do his will. People think that the Lord's prayer is, let us hallow your name. Let us bring in your kingdom. Let us do your will. That is not what the prayer says. The prayer is, Father, you do it. You hallow your name on earth as it is in heaven. Through us, you bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Through us, you make your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Through us, we are to ask God to do what only God can do. We are not ordering God around by praying this prayer as a command. We are literally asking God to do it with our involvement. Please, God, use me. It's the Isaiah 6, here am I, send me. We want to be involved in the process of kingdom coming, and we are not the ones who will make it come. I'll leave you with this. There's a a tradition that we used to do at my church at Hozak Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. And when something good would happen, we would say, won't he do it? Told you about my daughter all the tremendous struggle and pain and how the system tried to pigeonhole her and label her in a certain way, but she graduates cum laude. We turn to ourselves, me and my wife, and say, won't he do it? In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, won't he do it? No, y'all ain't convinced, y'all ain't convinced. Some of y'all still looking at me. Turn to your neighbor is the person who sits next to you. Turn to the person who sits next to you and tell him with conviction, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Oh, you just sit there. If God ain't never did any good, good in your life. If God's never done anything good in your life, then just sit there. But if God has done something good in your life, turn to the person next to you and say, won't he do it? Oh, you serve a good God. Everything good in your life comes from the Lord. Do you understand that? Everything good. I was just going to get excited, but I'm over time. (laughs) Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for being a good God, a good, good Father that we sang about earlier. And God, we know that you want heaven to happen here on earth. We pray, Lord Jesus, that the spirit of the living God would flow through us. I pray that it would flow through this church And that we would live out the Lord's prayer and bring evangelism and justice to this world. We thank you, God, for all the goodness you have done in our lives and our hearts. Convict us to pray around the things that you have outlined. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
0: Amen.